You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to another edition of Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry. Welcome to a Friday episode. We are going to get into a myriad of topics, uh, ranging from general manager role in a college football program, and then we are going to get into some 2025 quarterback targets for Ole Miss as we start to slowly roll out a new series of looking at each major target at each position for Ole Miss as the 2025 cycle. Yes, it is here, and uh, we are now going to be talking about it very regularly as Ole Miss is out extending offers on the road, recruiting Lane Kiffin, Kelvin Bolden, the rest of the staff are all out there. But first, I'm going to remind you of a couple sponsors that bring this show to you. This show is powered by USA Benefits Group. And Mr. Drew Moak, if you're looking to cut health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%, aging into Medicare, you need help finding a Medicare supplement plan, you can call him 601-953-8449. He's an Ole Miss grad. He's located in Mississippi. He's licensed in seven states, and he works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers. He can help you with all of your insurance needs, life insurance, dental, vision, Medicare. He's got it all covered. Call him today, 601-953-8449, or visit him at usabg.com slash D-M-O-A-K and get your free quote today. Show is also brought to you by The College Corner in Oxford, Mississippi, and beyond. Probably going to check out the Oxford location more. Um so go over there, Sisk Avenue. That's 825 Sisk Avenue, Suite 105. They've also got stores in Ridgeland uh, and around the Jackson area. But the Oxford store, brand new, phenomenal space, fantastic layout. They've got everything, polos, T-shirts, hats. they got real tree collection. they got peach bowl gear. They've got everything you need to get ready for basketball, for baseball, um, if you want to go ahead and beat the rush and get some tailgating supplies there for the Grove, 
gifts, gear for the kids, for the family, friends, all of that college corner. If you're not in Oxford or you're not going to Oxford anytime soon, have no fear. We got you here covered. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Use promo code SHARKFEST for 10% off. Make sure to put that promo code in before you hit checkout for 10% off. That is collegecornerstore.com. Proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. All right, let's get into the show. Bringing in our good buddy, Cody Belair, National Scout on three. Cody, it's been a minute. You and I have been battling through. We, we've been just <laughs> a lot of grit, determination to get through the uh, the offseason flu, I guess. So welcome back. How we doing? A hundred percent, man. Like, you know, everyone that knows me, they famously describe me as gritty. So I appreciate that. It's not, it's not um, yeah, because man. you're from Louisiana. It's not because you, you've been around Louisiana. Like, not, not the dance. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Hundred percent, yeah, man. But we know we're getting through. You and me, we're getting, we're seeing the other side. The lights at the end mm-hmm. of the tunnel. But no, man, all good. You know, just put a bow on the uh, twenty-four cycle, and very excited to sort of yeah. wrap that up and call twenty-four. You know, call put it in the books and move on to twenty twenty-five. Man, I'm excited. It never ends, baby. We love it. Never ends. Um, That's why we do it. So I, I've had. Um... A lot of people on our message board ask questions about um, the position of, which I guess, well, I guess they still have them, but I guess it was formally known as director of player personnel, but you're, you're going to be able to dive into the details much more than I can. But I think those guys are still around. Um, yeah. I guess guys and ladies. Um, yep. But uh, more so now you see the role of like general manager um, being thrown around. So a lot of people have been asking questions. Um, I kind of have a, an, a general idea of what a GM does for a college football program, but I know that you are much more uh, well-versed in this than I am. So you have the floor, sir. So just kind of, I guess, sure. and we'll get into more minutia, but just in general, what does a general manager do for, for a college football program? Yeah, I think the, the thing I want to stress about it is it, it's important to understand that general manager title, right, doesn't necessarily mean the same thing for every school across the board. Like, you know, it's not like the NFL where the general manager's tasks and responsibilities are all sort of the same thing, probably like 90, 95% of the same thing. Um, however, I, I would say the bare minimum for this position, right, for the most part across the board, has to have some ability as an evaluator, a recruiter, a roster manager, and ultimately they're the leader and the organizer for the uh, the off-field staff. That's – it kind of leads into the next question, which is, I mean, it's paramount in, in 2024 college football, but sounds like this person is extremely important, not only with roster management – keeping up with, you know, scholarships and how many are available, how many we, you know, you know, w- what's the attrition look like? How many do we have for the next season? But I mean, transfer portal, NIL, um, yeah. you know, re-recruiting your roster. I mean, th- that seems like all of that falls under their purview, correct? Right. Yeah. And that, that I would say that's correct. Right. And, you know, the thing I really want to get into about this position in particular is for most I would say the one that's been the most prevalent in the last, you know, 
gosh, however long, 10, 20 years, I guess, that this position's really been existing at the college level. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there, I would say there's probably like three categories of general manager that we really see right now in college football, two of which I would say have been established for a longer period of time. And a third that's sort of evolving and becoming more vital um, as we speak, right? And it's really been developed in the last couple of years. So the first one I want to touch on is the most prevalent one, right? And that's, to me, what I would call the roster manager, right? And that's the one that you were sort of touching on, right? This type of general manager or director specializes in evaluation and primarily deals with high school scouting, opponent scouting, transfer portal management and roster management mm-hmm. odds are this is a person who's done a lot of major lifting in the personnel world and was developed and groomed as a scout in their early years right this is a guy like Derek miller who is who was at duke and is now the gm at texas a&m with coach elko this mm-hmm. is will redmond who was at lsu and is now at auburn with hugh freeze right these are genuinely some of the most organized and technically proficient humans in football. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the second type is the recruiting specialist. This is a general manager or director that specializes in relationships. This person's there to get players to sign the dotted line, right? This person thrives in social settings and relating to people. People can be prospects, family members, coaches, administration. Odds are whoever's important in a recruitment, this person's involved in that, right? So odds are this is a person who did a lot of their major lifting on the recruiting side of things or player development in their early years and have tremendous people skills. A lot of social butterflies in this role, right? And they understand the value of relationships better than most people. This is a guy like James Blanchard at Texas Tech, right? This is Courtney Morgan, who just took the Alabama job and was with DeBoer at Washington. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of GM's on the rise, personally, and I think they will only become more and more pivotal, especially with the addition of the transfer portal. Um, and I would say, to touch on the third one, and I think a bunch of Ole Miss folks will be able to relate to this one a little bit more, this third one's new, right? This is the one that I think has sort of sprung out of the new NIL transfer portal world. And that one's the administrator. This is a person who's involved in almost every off-field decision. That can be everything from assisting with coaches' contracts, NIL, transfer portal, scholarship numbers, compliance, equipment, operations, trainers, boosters, ticketing, executives. You name it, they're involved in it. Essentially, this person's got to have relationships with quite literally everyone at the university who's involved with the program. Odds are this is someone that spent a lot of time in this business, and this isn't their first rodeo, right? These people, the people in this role are some of the most accomplished people in the field and are veterans of the industry. This is Austin Thomas at Ole Miss. This is Mark Pantone at Ohio State, right? These guys are the trailblazers of college personnel, and they continue to be trailblazers in what I would call the modern version of the sport. Okay, a great segue there, because I was going to ask you, where does Austin Thomas fall in these categories? Because I know his his title at Ole Miss 
is senior associate AD football general yep. manager. So it seems like he wears a lot of different hats. Correct. And that, and that's really what he, I would say it would be the administrator. And that's something he's developed into. Right. And that's why I emphasize so much that these people are like, like, there's not a lot of those in this business. Like those are the main two that I could think of sort of when I really mm-hmm. dove into this and really thought about it. Um, Cause you're having a lot of the older head guys that are like, man, I just wanted to be a scout. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's sort of where this role evolved from. Like Austin Thomas specifically, I want to say, I don't remember when he was named director of player personnel at LSU, but I want the first time around, I, I want to say it was like 2013 or 2014. Yeah, or so when it, he was named like the GM title or like elevated to that GM title. Um, yeah. So, I have it pulled up here. So this is from 2021 Ari Wasserman and Bruce Feldman at the athletic did a breakdown. They interviewed a bunch of people to give like a ranking of the best um, recruiting coordinators. And so Austin Austin Thomas is on here uh, tied for third. And it says first stop at LSU from 2013 to 2017. He was the first guy to hold the title of general manager. That's what I was just about to get to. That's a perfect. Okay. That was okay. you nailed. Sorry, it. That's, sorry. That, I didn't no, steal no, it. that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, he, that, but look at that timeline you just said. 2013, we didn't have a GM in college football. A GM is synonymous with the sport now, especially in the, at the yeah. NFL level. And that's what I'm. Uh, that's why I'm trying to put an emphasis on like this job started really and evolved from in its earliest state. It was a job. That was basically like, hey, man, you're going to grind film all day long or you're going to get the film situated for the coaches to watch. You know what I mean? So like this person has been usually especially like Austin Thomas, Mark Mantoni, right? These guys have been developed and they've been formed by scouting and Mm -hmm. roster management and scholarship numbers. And for somebody like me, right, like when I was in the field, like that's the part that I loved doing. I fell in love with the evaluation side of things. So if I were to rise up in the ranks or whatever, and they're like, Hey man, we need you to help do these visits. Like, no, I'm good. (laughs) I I didn't want to do the visits. I didn't want to have to mess with the recruiting, but like that's being asked of more and more personnel folks, more and more general managers, because like you said, you're the higher you get in the ranks, the more hats you have to wear. And that's becoming more and more pivotal. And that's why I emphasized that the recruiting specialist I think is only going to get more valuable because the ability to relate to these kids and build relationships that matter is Mm -hmm. only going to become more and more valuable as the transfer portal continues to do what the portal does. Yeah. And I was going to say two things here. I think this role is now becoming so valuable to a staff because of, I mean, you just nailed it with the portal and how it's evolving to where you're having to re-recruit your own roster. You're having mm-hmm. to battle tampering. Um, most guys now, if, if they're legit four or five star dudes that perform and put up numbers, they're going to want to, you know, restructure a contract or renegotiate. Right. Um, yep. But also like this is, for some reason, this narrative started a couple of years ago that, you know, when the portal, like when Lane Kiffin basically got, was dubbed Portal King, when Ole Miss right. landed Jackson Dart, 
Zach Evans, that whole crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, well, you know, Kiffin only cares about the portal. He doesn't recruit high school guys, which is right. so stupid. Um, Correct. But I also, on the flip side, I think these types of staffers are vital for college programs because, look, head coaches still go out and recruit. They do. But there's so much legwork that head coaches just don't have the bandwidth to do. So that's why you have a Mark Pantone at Ohio State that started with Urban and basically Mm -hmm. created a college recruiting operation that mimicked NFL personnel department. Um, Exactly. You know, like Marshall Mauchow that was at yeah, A&M. Not really. He's a good dude. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Billy High uh, was at North Carolina. Jordan Sorrell's at Clemson. Um, Daniel Braswell was at A&M. Um, yep, worked with her at A&M. Yep. Director of on-campus recruiting is big as well. because, Dude, you got all the logistics that go into that. I mean, just the, oh, the machine. There are so it's many the cogs most, in the wheel. It's the most underappreciated job in the sport in my opinion, the director of recruiting, because you're the one that is dealing with the prospects more than arguably anybody in the building. And it's the one you you have the responsibility of what some people consider to be the most important part of the recruitment process, which is the visits, right? Like people take these visits for granted. Like these people don't just show up and, the yeah. whole event and weekends magically just happen. <laughs> They'll right? just pull like, up on the curb and get out like, yeah, well, here we go. Exactly. Like, hey, here we go. We're going to get this started and there's going to be no issues here. Like th- these, those people that are in those jobs, director of recruiting, director of on campus, like that's where I started, right? Like I, I was a recruiting assistant when I started as a student. Um, so I got to work in that operation specifically for a little bit of time and, I tell you what, man, those, the people that do those roles. And of course I've spent time at a couple different places now, and I've gotten to know a lot of people in a lot of different operations, but at the end of the day, those people create sort of like the momentum and really create and set the atmosphere for those events and those visits that ultimately persuade families and like get them Mm -hmm. to feel, or is it a, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Essentially, they're the ones that create the relief within the family if all goes well, right? Because the biggest thing for mom or dad or guardian or whoever is to, when they go on these visits, they want to be able to leave. And when they sit in the car, they're on the plane on the way back home. You want them to have the feeling of like, deep breath, right? Sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. They want to know, like, I think my baby's going to be taken care of over there. And yeah. that doesn't happen unless the yeah. director of on-campus or recruiting does their job properly. Well, I was going to say that's big for just a visit in general. Like, if you have your shit together. Like, it's regimented. Absolutely. Like, you, you got an itinerary. Everything's on time. Everything is you right. know, laid out perfectly. I mean, that's it's got to be seamless. I mean, I mean the Ole Miss support staff, I mean, from top to bottom, from Austin Thomas to Tom Luke to Alex Collins to um, uh, Malika Little. Uh, yeah, I Preston mean, just, Tiffany. They got, a, they got a good crew over there, man. They yeah, have, they have a strong unit. And, and, I mean, yeah, it's top to bottom. Like, it's got to be – like, Mackenzie Morris does a great job. Um, Kelvin Bolden's the coordinator of recruiting yep, strategy, Kelvin. so he works yep. hand-in-hand. Alex Falk – um, Patrick Carter. I mean, I, all the folks that, that I work with and, and they help us out. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, just I'll tell you what. I mean, I've seen it before, but like now you were talking about the portal and how it's different. When I was on campus to do some interviews and kind of check in um, mm-hmm. during like the first portal wave when um, Ole Miss had a bunch of dudes in town, um, seeing like it all in action with everything that goes into the logistics of, hey, visits are wrapping up. We got to get, you know, all yep. this stuff here before this time. And just like right. the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes that I don't think a lot of people know is remarkable. Um, yeah. I mean, those people, I, I, you better have an external battery for your phone. Um, <laughs> you, you better have two phones. Um, right. I mean, they work hard, but yeah, man, um, it's, it, it all starts with the process, right? Like, and again, to go back to the King of the castle, right. Or the person that's in charge of all of that, that's delegating and doing all that. Mm-hmm. I would say one of the toughest parts of that GM director job is bringing in people that, you know, you can trust to get the job done. Like, I think that's a very underrated quality. I mean, a lot of people attribute that to Jim Harbaugh at Michigan and the way he's succeeded, right? He's built an incredible staff of coaches. It's the same thing with off the field, right? Um, For instance, like I'll, I'll brag on the LSU department just because that's one I'm very familiar with. And I was a part of like, Seeing people that you bring in go on to do bigger and better things in different roles, right? Like Austin Thomas, when I was there, my second go round in 2021, he brought in Will Redman as a personnel assistant, John Randall Belton as a personnel assistant, myself. Um, and essentially when his time was up and he made the move to Ole Miss, Will Redmond got promoted to director of player personnel. J.R. Belton got promoted to director of recruiting. I went on to go be the director of scouting at Texas Tech. Will Redmond brought in Mike Ferrara, who was an assistant at Texas A&M, and he came over to LSU as a personnel assistant. Jeremiah Bogan came in from Liberty, and he came in as a personnel assistant. Now, Mike Ferrara has since gone and has taken a director job at Indiana. Will Redman has gone to take a direct a general manager job at Auburn. Jeremiah has gone to take a director job at UConn. That's a testament to the people that the OG Austin hired, right? Mm-hmm. Like being able to build a staff that's quality that other people want to pluck and have on their staff is a testament to his ability as an evaluator, not only of prospects but as people and workers and being able to have that uniformity and synchronicity within your own staff and to build a talent pool like that in order to make the operation run as efficiently as possible is a testament to the person up top so kind of going back to what goes into this position um with the portal uh, you know, we mentioned the tampering. Look, we're, we're not going to be naive and dance around it. It tampering is everywhere. Um, and with the <laughs> and with the 30 day window now with a coach leaving and how the carousel just restarts this 30 day window for different programs, mm-hmm. it's keeping the portal going. Um, so unless Michigan hires from within, yeah. um, which which actually I'm not sure. Do you know if the 30 day window still applies, even if it's a coach hired from within. Do they still have a 30 day window? Cause Harbaugh left. I want to say yes. 
Okay. Uh, so, I, I do believe the 30 window still plays a factor because okay. it is, I believe it's tied to the head coach specifically. Okay. Right. Um, but I guess it won't start a 30 day window somewhere else. If Sharon Moore gets promoted. Um, Correct. I believe that's So, right. so yeah. So maybe that stops the carousel for, for this cycle, but um, you know, dealing with that and re-recruiting your roster, you know, I don't know how prevalent it was back in the day when you were on staff, but mm-hmm. with the portal, you know, it's, it's in the forefront. I mean, Ole Miss had to deal with it the last two years with Quinshawn Judkins. Um, you know, it happens everywhere. I mean, you see it with these high level prospects that just bolt immediately if they don't play as a freshman, um, right. you know, like Malachi Nelson comes to mind. He leaves SC, goes to Boise state. Um, yep. you know, how, I guess, Two twofold question here. Was that something that you encountered during your time when you were doing this? And then how how has that shifted the GM role now? Because it is such a big deal. So to answer the first part of that question, no. Did not have to deal with that. Like not, I'm telling you, not to this degree whatsoever. Okay. I, I'll be candid with you, Zach. I mean, if I'm here, that that's probably the biggest thing I'm hearing from my sources and personnel and in college football, I get more phone calls now about, Hey man, how's, uh, how's the other side going? How's that media side going? Is it good? Are you enjoying that? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man, it's good. And they're like, dude, our calendar doesn't stop. It's, it already it's didn't the, stop. And now it's, it's forever going. It's the, uh, the happy Gilmore where the lady jumps on the hood of the car. Get me out of here. <laughs> Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like I've, I've had more personnel and recruiting people sort of reach out and be like, it it doesn't stop, man. Like it really doesn't. So to say I can relate to what these cats are going through right now. No, I can feel it a little bit. Right. Like I can sort of, I have, I have empathy, but I, I can't say that I've experienced that same, de- same deal, man. I mean, we had it at Texas tech a little bit when mm-hmm. Joey McGuire took the job because the way it works too. And I'm not sure how many people really know this. Um, when your head coach takes the job, essentially, I think they get a calendar year. I want to say is what it was. Oh wow! You can technically tell kids to like kick rocks. Like basically they're like, yeah, you have free reign to sort of do what you will with the scholarship numbers. Right. And I think yeah. people saw that with Colorado this year or this past season, right? Where they yeah. had like, how, how many was like 60 or something kids leave or enter the portal. That's not from the kids doing, right? Like I'm sure half or however many of those kids probably wanted to stay or do, you know, make it work or whatever. But the head coach got, has the green light to sort of be like, look, I can bring in as many as I want. As long as I touch the 85 scholarship number, I'm going to figure out the best way to get 85 guys on the scholarship. So it's something that we sort of dealt with at tech because technically you have the, the ability to sort of say like, Hey, as a new head coach, we're not going to honor the scholarship that your previous head coach had given you. And is that screwed up? Probably <laughs> like that's yeah. not for me to judge necessarily, but <laughs> it's wild to kind of tell a kid like, Hey man, I know you committed to this program and all that good stuff, but like you didn't commit to me. So go ahead and figure something out. Good luck and pat him on the back and go like, that's the only thing I've sort of experienced, but 
in in terms of what a GM to answer the second part of this, right? In terms of to of what a GM's doing now with the portal and how they manage it, I, I've been talking to people and you know, we're all kind of brainstorming philosophies. And that's the funniest part about this whole thing to me is nobody's got an answer. We're all no. still figuring it out. We we nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> we're, I'm getting people saying like, hey man, if 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 you were doing it, would you go ahead and keep trying to pull kids out of the portal? Like, would, do you go one for one strategy and say, hey, we lost one, replace one? Yeah. Or do you say, hey, let's overload on high school prospects and just take portal pieces as we see fit. That way you're more likely to retain kids that you signed out of high school and develop them. But, you know, if they turn out to be good players, they're less likely to leave. And I think it's different for each university, right? Like if you're a blue blood and you sign and develop a kid out of high school and they turn out to be a dude, mm. odds are they're not going to enter the portal because that's sort of the expectation and you develop them. And odds sure. are, if you're a blue blood or like one of the better schools or better programs, like why, why are you leaving? You're in a great situation. Mm-hmm. However, I say all that Caleb Downs loses a head coach and goes to Ohio state. Like I <laughs> now yeah. the rules, I don't know what they are. And I think that's the toughest job for GMs or people that are deciding these, making these decisions. Nobody knows everybody's taking educated guesses right now. Like to tell you it's the wild West is like, everybody's saying that. And I think a lot of people view that as like, Oh, it's the wild West as in like, there's no rules and people are just going about it the same way. And it's just chaos. It's chaos. Don't get me wrong, but Mm. it's chaos for everyone. And that includes the people making the decision. Like they don't know, they don't know the best process. They don't have, a, a guidebook or a rule book that kind of says like, well, I think this is the best way to go about this. So we'll just take the path of least resistance. Yeah. Nobody, there's not a path at all. Like nobody has a clue. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what GMs are for, right? I mean, they're, they're getting out there with that, you know, metaphorical bush hog and making their own path because it's just constantly evolving. Right. Like it, right. The, with the portal is, it, it's crazy. And look, I, I, Sure, there probably needs to be some regulation. There probably needs to be more, you know, <laughs> fine print. But honestly, for people like us, like it's fantastic because there's always something going on. Like, I yep. it, somebody asked me that the other day. They were like, you know, hey, like how's how's work? Like what what's what's been going on? I'm like, dude, it's it's just like any other day. Like it, it's it's, it's still awesome. mayhem. Like yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's been him for 364 days it'll be the same tomorrow um, um i did i did yeah. want to ask you this because it was it feels like forever ago but people forget you know going back to like the tampering and re-recruiting your roster and now that he's moved on to the chargers it, it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me but it wasn't too long ago when jim harbaugh was in oxford at an ihop eating with current Ole Miss players to try to persuade them to come to Michigan. Sure. And he he got, and he got one, he got Shea Patterson. Um, (laughs) Like how often do you think, and now with the internet and everybody has a phone with a camera and a, you know, so it's probably a lot harder to be behind the scenes, which Harbaugh didn't try very hard to be behind the scenes. It was at a damn IHOP, but right. Like how often does that happen? Like how often do you think, because, you know, this is an Ole Miss podcast, so 
you know, we, we've gone almost 30 minutes. We haven't really talked about Kiffin. You know, he's out there <laughs> tweeting. He's at LSU. He's at Mississippi oh, yeah. State. Like, he does that trolling, but he's also there recruiting. You know, he went to see yeah. Juice Wells, like, in Columbia. Um, how yeah. often is that a thing, in your opinion? It, it, it depends on the coach, to be frank with you, Zach. It depends on your coach, right? Because if you have a guy like Lane, he, he wants to go around. He wants to be around. He wants to generate mm-hmm. the buzz. He wants to let people know and show his face that he's like, look, I'm, I am around. I am doing this. Mm-hmm. I am out and about. I am on the road. And then you have other coaches that genuinely just don't have that sort of, th- that's not what they want to do. They just, yeah. it's, it's simply a matter of like who wants it and who doesn't, you know, some people view it as, Hey, this is a great way as the face of our program to sort of go around and let people know we are willing to go anywhere and everywhere to recruit the best players for our school. And then you have some coaches that are simply like, look, this is a time where position coaches can go and they can go do their job and they can go area scout and they can go area um, collect information from schools and stuff from their specific areas and stuff. But for me as a head coach, that's not what I'm trying to do. So yeah. you have sort of a mixed bag on it. I think it depends who the head coach is, but sure. when things get in the nitty gritty and there's always exceptions, Zach, like if a player's good enough and a player means enough for a program to really go and hunt, they'll go out of their way and they'll do stuff that you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe, for instance, I'm so sorry, Coach Kelly, Coach Brian Kelly, but like he'll hop on that 360 camera and he'll dance. And he'll do it, and everybody's like, wow. Is that he what really, we're doing now? He like, really put himself out there. That's what I'm saying. Like, people, th- these coaches will do whatever it takes to get stuff done, and some, even if it's out of character. Some say, Cody, that was the final straw that pushed Walker Howard to Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Lafayette, Louisiana, man. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. A new year has arrived. What's your resolution for 2024? How about making sure the roof over your head is well taken care of? Riverland Roofing is here for all your roofing needs. Whether it's an inspection, a new roof, or a maintenance program, Riverland Roofing has you covered home or business to give you peace of mind in this the new year. As a GAF Master Elite contractor, they can offer warranties that last a lifetime. 
Riverland Roofing is licensed and insured to service Mississippi and its surrounding states. So give Riverland Roofing a call today and make sure you and yours are protected all year round. Call Riverland Roofing at 662-644-4297. That's 662-644-4297. Visit them online at riverlandroofing.com, riverlandroofing.com. It's Riverland Roofing for all of your roofing needs, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Saban's MO was, hey, come to my office that is filled with all things leather and trophies, and let's yep. take a picture in front of the couch. Like, that was his thing. That yep. Honestly, that was kind of like like canon for recruiting was like, yo, if you get a picture in front of the coffee table with Saban, like, you've arrived. Oh, yeah. You did it. I mean, even better, people have that, like, spiel memorized. Like, I remember hearing when those pictures kind of first started popping up, they're like, oh my gosh, if you get in that room, like that means it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of yeah. the thought of it. And everybody was saying, they're like, oh, do you, like, do you know what the spiel is? Like, do you know what Nick Saban was saying to those guys in there? And we're like, I mean, I don't know. Like he have coaches that have come from Bama or come from around and kind of go in and out of the building. And they're like, dude, all that guy would say is he'd put those rings down and he would be slow about it, right? He would take his time open every ring, show you every single one, right? Sit there, open the box. Oop, check that out, man. Hold that. Oh, pop this open. Oh, hey, man, check this out. Check that ring out. And you would do it for every single ring, every single trophy in there. And the basically the spiel was, look, you can go be successful and you can go play. And odds are you might play earlier at some places, whatever. But if you play us, we're going to kick your ass. And yeah. this is the proof. And like, that was it. Everybody's like, yeah, I, mean, like, I get it. I get yeah, it. It was kind of <laughs> like Nick Saban's like version of like a Gen Z, like you going to feel me. Yeah. hundred like, <laughs> percent. Like it was the motto. hundred. That's the motto. Like that's all it is. Choose at your own peril. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was kind of always my thing with recruiting where I talked with Andy Staples. We were talking about life after Saban 
And I joked where I, was, I said, as a recruiting analyst who answers questions from our subscribers, it was always like a thing when Alabama offered a prospect Ole Miss was after. Everybody was like, ah, damn it. Like, he found them. <laughs> where, it, like, that was a real thing. It was like, man, if you, if you got the Bama offer and you got to go sit at the couch, it oh, was basically a wrap. Trust and who me, can, that's, and who that, can blame LSU, them? that LSU department has lived that life as well, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, totally I, dude, I think, get it. I think everybody lived that life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they got the wall of jerseys for all the first round picks. I mean, the proof was there. I mean, I, yeah. I don't blame a dude at all. Absolutely. Going and that's somewhere why... and seeing like, man, you know, Austin, Texas, man, this is great. You know, Los Angeles, uh, Eugene, you know, Oxford, whatever. And then you get to Tuscaloosa yep. and then you get in that building and you're like, whoa. Yep. It's amazing that that's the done deal, right? Hey, yeah. a guy puts like some kid tweets out their location and it's Tuscaloosa and everybody goes, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it, it could be done that day. It could be. Yeah. But it's a testament to how they operate, man. And it starts with the head guy and yep. goes down to guys like Ed Manowitz and Bob Welton, guys that are in there in those top executive roles. And they make that thing move, man. It starts with the head guy, but it also goes to them and the way they delegate and the way they operate their staff. Like Savannah French was over there. Kerrigan Johnson's over there. They do an amazing job. Like it, it's top to bottom. That whole department crushes. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, as we we're, we're slowly segueing, we're transitioning into recruiting <laughs> more, uh, moving away from the GM conversation, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, I rolled out uh, a new series, the first installment, looking at quarterback for 2025. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, we mentioned Walker Howard. The position's in great hands right now. Jack's dart back for a third year, setting up for what should be a huge 2024 for Ole Miss. They've got Walker Howard biding his time, waiting to get under center, and then you've got Austin Simmons behind him. But A.J. Maddox signs in 2024 we know Kiffin's going to continue to look for a quarterback. He's never going to stop. He's, I mean, I, I've never talked to Kiffin directly, but it seems almost verbatim that his MO is I'm going to find talented dudes and I'm going to put them in a yep. room and we're going to find who, you know, who can rise to the top. So it doesn't matter who is in that room right now. They're, they're still going to continue to recruit and try to sign guys. So 2025 let's run through a couple names here. I'm sure you've seen, all of, if not most of them in person or on film and evaluated them. But first one, oh. number 38 player overall committed to Notre Dame. Brief stint in Nashville, Lipscomb Academy, back to George County uh, in Mississippi. Deuce Knight. Um, Deuce. Been, been kind of been kind of tricky on social media lately. A lot of Ole Miss-centric tweets and likes and all of that. Ole Miss is still after him. Kiffin and Kelvin Bolden went to watch him play basketball earlier this week. Um, you don't have to give me like a recruiting thing or update. Just in your sure. in your eyes as a scout and a talent evaluator, what do you see from the 6'5", 195-pound dude from the SIP? Yeah, man. I mean, like you touched on, I've been lucky enough to see him in person twice this past year at a LSU summer camp and a, the OT seven, seven on seven tournament last summer. Yeah. I mean, he is a freakazoid athlete, like not sure how many prospects I've seen in the last decade with this kind of athleticism and size at the position, right? This kid's running legit four five forties, 
40 plus inch verticals, can jump over six feet, uh, six feet in the high jump. He's got a 23 foot long jump. Like we are talking about a rare athlete at quarterback. And I mentioned the size, you know, he's, he's every bit of six, four, 200, six, five, 200. And he's going to fill out physically. That frame's not tapped out. Like he's going to physically develop over time. And the arm talent's great. He can, he can genuinely rip it. The ball jumps out of his hand. And when he wants to air it out, he's more than capable of doing so. You know, if I had to pick out an issue, I would say the biggest thing for him will be his motion. It's a little bit elongated. There's some mechanical issues there that I think lead to some inconsistencies with his accuracy, mm-hmm. but these are all fixable and coachable things that can be corrected as he develops at the next level. But the kid oozes upside and he's got all the tools to be extremely successful at the next level. Uh, and I, I think he, he's got the tools to put it all together in my opinion. Yeah. I was there at OT seven with you. We were, watching him sling it all over the yard. And then I had a chance mm-hmm. to see him when he was briefly at Lipscomb Academy yeah. in their uh, opener against AFC South contender IMG Academy. Um, and I, I mean, I think he had been there for like maybe two weeks, three weeks. So like he barely knew the playbook. IMG right. is obviously loaded. So they were outmanned, outmatched at every level, every position, but still like he was getting out of the pocket. He was making plays. He was, picking up first downs with his legs. Like once he kind of got settled in, you could like, I'm not a scout, but like you could still see like, oh yeah, like he's going to figure it out. And that's, I think that's kind of where I'm at as an amateur scout is like the upside is, is so, so high. And like once somebody gets their paws on him in like a professional setting and like Mm -hmm. he gets in a a weight room with a regimented schedule. Yeah. Yep. Like, yes, sky's the limit with him. Yeah, and um, you got to give yourself more credit. I think you're dead on. <laughs> like, I think that's exactly okay. right. Um, I mean, for 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 him, I, I think it's a matter of, and I think the point you touched on, right, like he's bounced kind of back and forth from school to school a little bit. Um, and I think part of that hinders the development mechanically, sure. right? Because then you're not focused on cleaning up your motion or doing stuff like that you're focused on like oh crap i gotta learn the playbook here like i got no time to figure stuff out like i just got to make sure i learn what plays i'm calling and what we're doing um and i think consistency will only benefit him in the long run especially mechanically and especially making the move at the next level right and being under someone like elaine kiffin if that were to be the case or a lot of these qb coaches do a great job now and i think it's a matter Mm -hmm. of hey man you get to the collegiate level with all your physical and athletic ability, you get the right guy to sort of clean you up and polish you up. The sky's the limit for him. Speaking of developing potential, um, next guy I want to talk about, uh, Hussein Longstreet from Centennial out in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently put out a top eight. Ole Miss was in the mix there. Uh, I briefly spoke with him um, late last year. Uh, said, you know, hey, quote, I'm looking for a place I can develop and grow. Yeah, I think that's that's huge right there. We're like a quarterback because you know, like, yes, it's a quarterback. They acknowledge it for sure, for sure. Go ahead. Yeah, like it's a quarterback sport. It's a you know, the quarterback is like the face of the program pretty much everywhere. But like having that balance of like I'm the dude, but also I can always get better. Like mm-hmm. is something that's hard to teach or 
get someone to learn where it's right. like, Hey, like you're, you're good, but like, let's be coachable as well. So um, yeah, I feel like he's another one that has a super, super high ceiling, ton of potential plays at a really good high school in California. They play the best competition you can get out there. Um, and you know, you got, which this might be different now with the coaching changes, but his top eight had Washington, Michigan, you know, they're both looking for new, uh, or Washington mm-hmm. has their coach, but yeah, coaching changes up top, like Miami, UCLA, interesting enough, SC wasn't in the mix, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's an interesting dude. He's around six foot, six, one, mm-hmm. 185, but I don't know if you've seen him live, but w- w- what kind of quarterback do you see Longstreet developing into as a senior? Yeah, I haven't been able to see him live, but um, the film's excellent, right? Big time multi sport kid, plays baseball, basketball. Like, I don't know if you've seen the clips on Twitter. Like, he, like you said, he's six foot, maybe six one. He can go and he can yam it now. Like, he's not scared. He's okay. got some bunnies. He can get up there and throw it down. Um, and he runs track two, 200, 400 meter guy, threw for over 3,500 yards, ran for almost 700 this past season, scored 31 touchdowns, right? He gets the ball out extremely quick. Like, that's something that pops off tape immediately. Very mm-hmm. tight, compact motion. I mean, he gets the ball out super fast, which is always a good thing. Very dynamic runner, can make a ton of plays with his legs and be used as a primary option in the ground game. Arm strength is good, not elite. I, I would I would love to see him improve the deep ball a bit, throw with a little more arc. You've seen a little more line drive right now. Got to have a little more touch there. But – He's as gifted an athlete that 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 you'll see, and and he can get the ball out quickly and efficiently. He moves the chains in a lot of different ways. I think physically, you may not see a ton of development. I think you could see him sit around that 6'1", 205 range, 210 range. I think that's probably the ceiling there physically. But to your point, and I think this goes for a lot of the multi-sport kids, they can acknowledge that they're not a finished product, right? right the multi-sport yeah. background gives them a lot of physical and athletic tools that you can shape around, um, especially in terms of quarterback development. But he's not anywhere near his ceiling yet as a football player. And I think that's very important because the athlete is very gifted. Physically, he's probably middle of the pack when you stand him up in a lineup, right? but the mm-hmm. football player can get so much better. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. A ton of juice there. Um, he's yeah, he's fun to watch. Um, another one out in California over at Lutheran uh, TJ Latif, he put out a top seven Ole Miss was included there as well. Um, another super productive guy, almost 2,500 yards passing. Um, I think he's still a little bit raw um, this past year, just under 2000 yards. Um, 18 total touchdowns, um, mm-hmm. cut, cut down on the interceptions after his sophomore year, but, um, just another, one of those California quarterbacks that, you know, that they, they have those specialists out there that they work with year round. So ton of, uh, ton of juice there, but I, what's your take on Latif? Yeah, I, I fortunately was able to see him at, um, the Under Armour Los Angeles camp last spring and he's skill set wise, very similar to Longstreet, um, his athletic ability combined with his size, I think is very similar 
to Longstreet. The only thing I would give Latif that I think maybe I would take over someone like Longstreet, he's got juice on the football. Like, I think he has legit velocity. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can really hear those laces rip, right? Like, that's kind of the thing with quarterbacks. When When that ball jumps out of their hand, and you hear those laces kind of whistle or rip through the air. Yeah. He had, um, I thought he spun it as good as any of those guys that I saw out there on the West Coast. Not only could he put some heat on it, though, he showed excellent touch on deep balls, right? Like he could really put some air underneath it on long balls down the sideline, putting it in the basket. Like, and not only that, from the pocket, right? Out of the pocket, very comfortable, very accurate on the move. He's, he's one of those guys that I think has the physical and natural arm talent that everybody wants in today's offenses. He's yeah. a very fun watch, and I get, again, sort of like a lot of these cats, his best footballs ahead of him. I love his tools, personally. Like, I yeah. think he's got some of the better tools in the class, and I'm really excited to sort of see the next step that he takes in this cycle. So quick sidebar, because I want to ask as – as someone that doesn't scout like you, but sure. is that a teachable thing? Like the off platform stuff? Like I know you could work on it, but is that kind of one of those just naturally gifted things that sure you can kind of teach throwing on the run or, you know, mm-hmm. like developing it, but is that kind of one of those, like you either have it or you don't type things? Yeah. I, I think it kind of depends which aspect of it you talk about. So I would say from a mechanical standpoint, yeah, I think it's developed. Like you, you it's developmental, in the mm-hmm. sense of, hey man, like you're throwing off your foot incorrectly or your arm angles off. Like get on top of the football, use your lower half when you step into it. Like there's a lot of nuances I think that come with throwing off platform mechanically that I think you can fix or touch on. Um, mm-hmm. But the part that I think makes quarterbacks special out of the pocket is innate. Right. Like you either have it or you don't. It's the sense. It's the feel. It's the presence, the ability to extend plays like that's what makes Caleb Williams so special. Right. Is his ability to literally go off script and be like, well, I'm going to make something out of nothing here and just turn it into a moonshot or a long touchdown or something or turn into a first down. That stuff I don't think you can teach. But in terms of the literal like mechanics of throwing the football on the move yeah i would say that's coachable um but you know the the things that make all these guys special um especially now in modern football like patty mahomes and guys like that like that's those cats were born with that gift i don't know yeah (laughs) i don't know how you (laughs) teach somebody to do the stuff some of those guys do i I did see a funny tweet when it was announced that bill o'brien was the oc at ohio state and Mm -hmm. Somebody tweeted a, a video of Bryce Young from a game against Mississippi State where they just said Bill O'Brien's offense at Alabama was, quote, well, let's hope Bryce Young just makes something happen. <laughs> it, it was just Bryce Young exactly. with like 14 seconds to throw and just kind of yep. meandering around and then firing yes. a touchdown. It's bananas, man. It's amazing how much. I mean, it's know, why he was the number one overall pick. Exactly. And it, it's a it's amazing sort of. You know, offenses, it's so funny now. Like, offenses used to be so scripted. I mean, you had coaches with, like, 40-play scripts, right, like going into games and all these crazy, like, long calls and being like, hey, look, if you don't run what I'm saying, we're going to have a problem. 
to now being like, hey, Pat, you go ahead and just call it, dude. Go nuts. Like, you call yeah. it however you want to do it. Go nuts, man. Like, <laughs> and if it breaks down, figure it out. Like, we'll yeah. check out yeah. of it. Or, for instance, like, you have, like, stuff in the beauty of NFL films, right? And, like, the access and mic'd up and all that stuff. The mm-hmm. play where Travis Kelsey literally just runs what he wants and him and Patrick are on the same wavelength somehow and it turns into a touchdown and they go back on the yeah. sideline being like, I knew you were going to see what I saw. And the OC yeah. or whoever it is is like, that's not what I called. And they just like laugh about it. Like that would not have flown, flown, fly. That would not have flown. That wouldn't fly in today's. <laughs> I don't know what the phraseology was. Yeah. That would not have been okay. Like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. But now that's right. just how quarterbacks operate. Like if you have that ability, don't hinder them. Let I mean, them do what makes them special. The perfect example of this for an Ole Miss centric podcast is Matt Corral in oh egg, god yeah. in the Egg Bowl when you know Elijah Moore did the pee thing. Yes, that that last maybe, maybe it was the last two drives or maybe it was the last drive. Matt Corral just basically looked at the sideline, got the call, and then got in the huddle and was just like, "We ain't running that shit." Like I'm calling the yes, yeah. here we go, <laughs> and then just march right down the field. Like yeah, some it's... guys got it, some guys don't. Correct. And, and it's very easy to see. I think that's part of the deal where you talk about guys seeing ghosts. There's yeah. guys where you can tell um, when they start seeing ghosts, right? The way they sort of shell up and those arms get real tight and you see them kind of navigate and panic, right? The yeah. difference between the guys that can do it and can't, guys when they start feeling that pressure and go, oh, crap, like it's breaking down. Some mm-hmm. guys panic. Some guys escape. And is there a, is there a term is there a term for quarterbacks like receivers you know it's alligator arms is there a term for mm. a quarterback that's not really ripping it have you thought of one yet Ooh, i don't know if i've really thought of it the seeing ghost like, kind of using different yeah. instances maybe like, maybe like oh man he's t-rexing it like short arm in it well to be honest i call it poo-poo in their pants they're just prescotting yeah, like, <laughs> sure, yeah. And I mean, like, it's when you can tell when those lights get a little bright. Yeah. And they start, like, hot in their reeds way faster than they ever would. And you're like, yeah. hey, dude, like, so, slow down. The game's, like, to me, I guess the term would be, like, the game's going too fast for them. Like, the game's yeah. way too fast. And the, the game starts speeding up on you, and you can't slow it down. Some of the best guys make the game look so slow. And I think that's mm-hmm. – you can't teach that. Maybe it's like a – like, oh, man, he's 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 ejecting. Like, he's pulling the ripcord. Like, he's – Yeah, like 100%. One yeah. read and or then like, bail and run. Like, pulling the fire alarm. Yeah. Like, they are yeah. in immediate panic mode. Like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe call it airplane mode or something. Sure. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, last guy I want to talk to you about. Um, committed to SMU – but Ole Miss is still heavily recruiting him. Uh, it seems like Kiffin's been in Duncanville at least once a week for the past month. Um, I get Keelan, it. Keelan Russell, um, I, I think he's one of the more fun dudes to watch in this class. It helps that he plays for a phenomenal program in mm-hmm. Duncanville, but put up monster numbers. Um, it, it also helps when you have a five-star dude catching passes from you, but um, – Back-to-back state championships. I know SMU's NIL situation is pretty legit. Yep. Um, they've done a really nice job recruiting that 
Metroplex area, but what's your, what's your take on Russell? And I know we, he, he's a little slim, but like, mm-hmm. again, like maybe a little, um, maybe a little throwback here. Um, kind of reminds me, um, and my goodness, now I'm completely drawing a <laughs> blank on his name. Hold on. Let me, let me fire off. Pull the fire alarm. Uh, <laughs> ah, here it is. Kind of, and, and just, just on my amateur scouting and just look kind of vibe in high school, little Ja'Cory Harris. Ooh, okay. I don't like that. Little slim, but can like really throw it. Sneaky athletic runner. Um, And I don't want to, I want to smirch, smirch Keelan. Like I'm not saying you're sneaky athletic. I'm just saying like, (laughs) he, he does a nice job of like, he's more than capable of running, but he stays in there and delivers the football. Um, Yeah. I would agree with that. What's your take on him and kind of his ceiling? Yeah, I mean, another kid, right, that I've been lucky to see live, which has been so nice, right? Like, I've, I've seen him live at – he was at the Under Armour Dallas camp last mm-hmm. spring at the LSU camp during the summer, and he he spins it well, right? He's mm-hmm. he's probably the most raw for the position, in my opinion, right now, from okay. an arm talent sort of mechanical – point of view um but he's got a good little frame i think i think he'll actually fill out pretty nicely i think he'll add solid weight and i think his athleticism adds another layer to his game right i think you mentioned the pocket poise and his ability to stand in there and throw it he does do that well but he's a dynamic runner too right like he can move the chains on design runs is he lamar no is he Jaden Daniels? No, I don't think he's those two. <laughs> Not many but, are. No, right? He can extend, though. Like, he can yeah. extend plays. You can give him design runs, and he'll make guys miss. So he's more than functional. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got some pop in his arms. I don't want to discredit that at all. I think the ball actually jumps out of his hand really well. I just think he needs to clean it up from a mechanical standpoint, right? Because when you do that, it helps you gain consistency with ball placement and i think sure. that's the biggest issue right now for him ball placement he has the athleticism he can deliver an accurate football especially outside the pocket he's a little more comfortable however when things sort of when the windows get a little tighter that's sort of the difference between accuracy and ball placement right yeah. accuracy is basically throwing it to your guys vicinity Ball placement is putting it where he's the only one that can catch it. And I think he needs to tighten up on ball placement a little bit, but the accuracy is solid. Um, But he's got all the time in the world to develop, right? He's got some of the better physical traits of the position. Excited to see him develop because he really is one of the more traitsy quarterbacks in the cycle. Talk about exciting. Uh, it, It has to be exciting to just throw it in the vicinity of Decorey and Moore, where it's just like, hey, oh my. he's going to go get it. Zach, I'm, I'm telling you, and this is not to give a tease or anything for 25 rankings or whatever, I don't know where Decorian ends up, but it's going to be high. And I know it's high right now. It's up there. Like, yeah, he might be one of the more spe- – like, I'm telling you, he's giving me Zachariah Branch vibes. Okay. Like – Zachariah Branch is the best wide receiver prospect I have ever seen with my own eyeballs. This kid is 
very close. Like Decorian Moore is that close. Okay. Where I'm gonna I'm gonna age myself. I'm going to age myself a little bit with my comp, but I, I am now closer to 40 than I am to 35. So it <laughs> comes with the territory. A little bit of Tavon Austin vibes there. Oh man. That's, that's like, good. Even crazier than that though, Zach, I think he's got better ball skills. Yeah. I was going to say like Tavon gets all the, you know, he viral on YouTube and everything yeah. for what he did with all the position versatility right. in West Virginia. But yep. I don't think he got enough credit for he was a really good route runner and absolutely really strong hands and like Decorey Moore he and it's cliche he plays bigger than five five eleven like right he's right he jumps right. off the screen it's the explosiveness man like those guys are shot out of a cannon every step they take it's unbelievable and that's what makes them so hard to cover like guys that have that ability to stick their foot in the ground and separate like they do is special. Like it, it is unbelievably rare. Um, and to combine that with like actual hands catching and being able to like pluck the ball away from your frame is yeah. not fair. It's just not fair. Like if you put them on a six, three body, they'd be generational. It's just yeah, unfo- I mean, like, you know, they're five eleven, five ten, yeah. whatever. Like, they still, there's good. I promise they'll be all right. You know, they're <laughs> there's saying plenty of good options at that size. Cody, these days they're saying the 5'10, 5'11 is the new 6'4. So, dude, honestly, you're 100% <laughs> right. Uh, as a fellow 5'11er, you're 100% <laughs> right. Um, but it's funny, man. Like, this is kind of going into a different direction, Zach, but it's funny you touched on that. They're saying the new 5'11, 6'4. My initial thought with that is sort of like the funniest difference that I'm starting to see now, especially at like the college and high school level, when you used to go to these camps, right? And like when I was even starting in personnel, the sort of like sexy receiver prospect was the Laquan Treadwells of the world, right? Like the 6'3", big X type strong go above the rim type receiver like people yeah. love be, those be physical like yes Oriol green beckham like just big yeah. of receivers and now the sexy guy is like the this is obviously an extreme hyperbole but like the devonta smiths of the world where they're just yeah. like six foot 180 slim reaper route you up like it can route up anybody that lines up across for them. The guy, yeah. like the dynamic Z type receiver is becoming the number one receiver now. It's wild, but it's, it it's an emphasis on what they're asking receivers to do now, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like yeah. guys like Debo Samuel were considered gadget guys 10 years ago. Now he's the number one option. Right. Like yeah. you're like, oh, I mean, that's just what a number one receiver does. They they line them up in the backfield. They line them up in the slot. They line them up yeah. outside. They give them screens. They ask them to do yak like the number one used to be like back when we were watching football growing up, whatever. That was like, oh, name number one wide receivers. Oh, OK. Des Bryant, Terrell Owens, um, you know, these Calvin Johnson, A.J. Green, Julio Jones. They're all big body tank X receivers. Yeah. Now, number ones are like Justin Jefferson. Amon Ross St. Brown, um, 
you know, like uh, uh, Odell Beckham even like is was sort Flowers. of the new wave of that. Zay Flowers is a number one option when they took a receiver in the first round in Brashad Perryman, who's not even like seeing targets. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um. So it's just a new wave of the game. So I thought it was so funny that you even mentioned that because that's immediately where my brain went. And like DeCorian Moore is an example of that. Z type receiver that has number one traits. It's 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 wild. Just a different time, dude. We're getting old. Yeah, I, it's. I think it's fun. Um, because as a as a fellow slot receiver, Cody, uh, it, it's it's good to see all these dudes get their flowers. But yeah, I mean, you you still kind of get some throwback nods. I mean, Ole Miss has Trey Harris, who is kind of a your traditional big body win one on one type. But I mean, Beast. look at what look at what Lane Kiffin did with Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade and Jacor Pearson and Elijah Moore. I mean, the game has evolved into, you know, I, I know the old saying was basketball on grass, but I mean, honestly, right. like that's kind of what it is now. Like find dudes who put people in a bind in space and just yep. poke them in between their eyes until they figure out how to stop it. Yep. And even more to the basketball analogy, basketball, so roll heavy. That's what receiving cores are looking like now more than yeah. ever. Like you and, got guys who all sign sorts of different things. Yeah. Like, and you see more like Ole Miss head coach, Chris Beard talks about it. I know all the head coaches, all the elite head coaches. And then in the NBA specifically, it's all about like position versatility or like positionless basketball. Like right. you need to be able to guard one through four or one through five. We need you to be able to, switch on screens like no problem like that's it, it's it's almost wild how all the sports are kind of evolving to where it, it, it's you know it, hey we don't we don't care what what the height weight is like if you make plays cool get out there correct yep and i think that's something like sort of something that i'm starting to see more and i'll probably dive into it more when we get a little bit of off season time and stuff like that but the thing I'm noticing, and Debo is probably the biggest example of it, the thing you're seeing now more than anything, especially at receiver, is after the catch. Yeah. So much that they're being asked is because you want, you, know, you want to give your best players the football, right? Like, And I think offenses are saying, like, well, however we got to do that, we'll do it. Yeah. And a lot of that isn't like goal line fades or – long like streaks like it's not throw it up 50 50 balls they're like well i'm not i'm gonna take the percentages out of that i'm gonna make sure my guy touches it and i'm just gonna let him do whatever he wants with the football after and i think that's becoming a more valuable trait at the receiver position is guys just being force fed the football and just making magic happen with the ball in their hands as opposed to as a route runner or in their ability to like go up and get it. It's very interesting. I'm excited to kind of dive into that, but yeah, man, the game's evolving and it's, I think it's fun. And and, and to be honest with you, adapt or die, right? Like exactly. You either figure it out and learn how to evaluate it, um, utilize it on the field, however you want to do it. You got to figure it out because if you don't, somebody else will and you're gone. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, Kiffin's been doing the money ball, gifts all during the portal and that one's been used a lot adapt or die and i mean look you can you can hate the portal all you want and you can you know whether yep. whether you have a valid out- argument or not like 
right now it's not changing. So you better figure out how to make it for work. Sure. For sure. Like, that's uh yeah, so that's a great, great analogy there. But hey, speaking of making plays, uh, dude, you knocked it out of the park. I mean, 21 nothing skunk, hand the controller over. You crushed it. Um, as always. So we appreciate the time. Um, I know 2024 rankings just wrapped up. Uh, that comes out, I believe, on Monday. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That sounds right to me. So that'll be uh that'll be fun. We'll we'll be locked in there. Um, you the listener, stay locked in at omspirit.com. Portal stuff still coming through. We've got basketball. Uh, hell, February is almost here, so baseball is around the corner. So we'll have more news and notes, recruiting updates, all of that at omspirit.com. Make sure to follow us there. Get on the message board. Join the conversation. If you're not a member already, it's only a dollar to join. Come on in. The resistance waters are fine. Um, but, yeah, Cody, uh, again, awesome stuff. I really appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll do it again soon, my man. Thank you as always, Zach. You're a treat. You're an absolute treat. These people, they don't, they got to give you your flowers, man. Zach's the man. So I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate College Corner, USA Benefits Group for powering the show and the rest of the sponsors for making this possible. Thanks to Cody and thanks to you, the listener, as always. So until next time, this has been Not Committed. We out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.